Goldendale, and hello to all of my fellow liberty-loving Americans all across the fruited plains from sea to shining sea. This is the host who loves you the most, Luke Throop, here on another magical, mindful, maniacal Monday full of mayhem, friends. Torch Report 277. Chaos prevails when justice fails. What happens when the orchestrated global chaos comes home to roost it's an honest question what are we gonna do friends we need to be talking about it but first huge news huge news did you hear did you catch it i'm sure it was broadcast everywhere that i wasn't looking but the brunsons brunsons were denied by the supreme court denied you know with the case not even meriting a comment from the bench as was predicted by yours truly in torture port 260 will they arrest the president torture port 261 the brunson v adam psyop i have Obliterated the notion that this was going to go anywhere. It was a petition, not a case. But nevertheless, these shameless, self-serving distractions, these Brunson's Brunson brothers, they're now plotting their next move. Oh, stay, stay tuned, guys. Keep giving us some money because uh, in order to keep the fantasy alive and to further line our pockets, uh, maybe even dig ourselves out of this debt that we amassed from defaulting on our million-dollar mortgage, we we have to tell you that we're gonna we're gonna challenge the denial. It's despicable, friends. Just despicable. It's despicable. Uh, I did put a link there into the uh, Supreme Court docket, which does give an explanation for why they don't hear some cases that seem like they might should be heard, but the Brunsons were among those that did not even merit the comment from the bench. That's how bad it was. When you make up your own flawed legal theory based on legal precedent that does not exist, then that's what you get. And of course, I put the little image in there of Raylan Brunson saying the petition was denied, oh no, but we will now make our next move, a petition for reconsideration. Hang in there, everyone, hang in there. Just keep sending us the money. You know, it's, it is, it is in fact, despicable. Friends, if you're listening on a podcast platform, uh, say iTunes, you know, iHeartRadio, Spotify, whatever the case may be, you're only going to get all the goodies, all the good stuff at thetorchreport.com. Thetorchreport.com. Now, quite ironically, uh, my reports on the Brunson case have garnered more comments than any of the other 275 torch reports that I've cranked out over the last year plus, and it was uh, also the source of a great amount of hate mail, uh, mocking me, essentially telling me that I was stupid and wrong for pointing out the obvious and also the not-so-obvious reasons why the Brunson case was a little more than a psyop that was meant to divide the liberty movement. So, you know, mock me if you must, so be it. You know, but rather than rub in the fact that I was right, you were wrong, nah, 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 you know, I believe the evidence speaks for itself, friends. So, moving on, we have bigger fish to fry. But first, uh, my first radio podcast, for those who listen, man, I had listeners all over. The Torch Report Weekend Review was a smashing success with people tuning in all across the country from Alaska to Florida. One listener commented that it was a home run and that Rush Limbaugh was smiling down from heaven and such kind words make my heart sore like a hawk. I want to say thank you, thank you, thank you. And on with the show. Looking forward to uh, incorporating some some public comment and feedback. So if you guys have any questions or comments about the content covered in the Torch Report throughout the week, shoot me an email. Luke at thetorchreport.com. If you shoot me an email, question, comment, Luke at thetorchreport.com, there is a chance that I will include that into this weekend's Torch Report weekend review. Now, while some people are hanging their hats on fairy tale endings, uh, in the real world, the U.S. Justice Department continues to run amok and convict U.S. patriots of rare 
seditious conspiracy charges for peacefully protesting the rigged 2020 election. And just a warning here, warning, warning, warning. Anyone who believes that the 2020 election was rigged is a far right wing extremist and you probably shouldn't listen to them. Now, that said, having brought down the hammer on the leaders of the Oath Keepers, the DOJ is now gunning for the Proud Boys leader, uh, Mr. Henry Enrique Tario, and four other members of the Proud Boys. And they're, I mean, they're going to bring it, you know, they're going to come down hard. That's it. They're going to take these guys and they're going to lock them up and they're going to throw away the key. Are you curious, my friends, what the charges are? What, 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 what's this charge they're getting charged with? You know, get this quote directly from an article coming out of the, uh, the, the notable, what is it? The, uh, the yahoo.com news. Anyway, it's AP it's associated press, but they say this quote, Longtime Proud Boys leader Henry Enrique Tario and four other members of the group are charged with plotting to forcibly oppose the authority of the federal government and halting certification of President Joe Biden's 2020 election win, along with a plethora of other related crimes, period, end quote. <laughs> Stop reading the teleprompter. Now, uh, let's just pick that apart a little bit here for just fun, just for a second here. I do have some meaty stuff I want to get to, but this group is being charged with plotting to, quote, forcibly oppose the authority of the federal government, end quote. You know, read that again and again and again and again and again, and let that be a warning. Thou shalt not plot to oppose the government. You must respect their authority, you know. And I just want to point out that they are specifically mentioning, you know, opposing the federal government. They're plotting to oppose the federal government. Oh, my gosh. As if the federal government is somehow beyond the scope of reproach. Whatever the federal government says you have to do, you absolutely have to do, or else, peasant, you will be locked up, you know. You will be punished. You will be impugned. And even entire states across the nation, this great nation of the United States, the United States that gave uh, gave authority to the, uh, the federal government, the union under the Constitution, those, those limited powers that they did give. But the states nowadays cannot even oppose the federal government, lest they get smacked down, kowtowed, and brought to heel under the threat of suspended funding. This is the day and age that we live in, friends. And to the point, as of November 26, 2022, there have been, get this, 55, there have been 55 multi-state lawsuits brought against the Biden administration for, for everything from vaccine mandates to election integrity. And you think, wow, 55 multi-state lawsuits. We're talking about attorneys generals from, from multi-states getting together and going and challenging the federal government, you know, and what happens? Nothing. And yet people thought that the Brunsons were going to be able to overturn the uh, sitting president in the election. I mean, come on, anyways. Uh, but for the record, I just want to point out this fun little fact here. Uh, the 55 multi-state lawsuits brought against the Biden administration are are less, you know, it's it's more than 100 lawsuits less than the 156 multi-state lawsuits that are brought against the Trump administration. So while some of those lawsuits, uh, you know, did that, you know, that some of these lawsuits ultimately where there's a group of states getting together and, and filing lawsuits against the federal government. Sometimes there's minimal impact. They get a little nudge here or there. They get something repealed, revoked. But the greater takeaway here is, is the impression that the federal government is unassailable. They can do no wrong. 
You know, election election integrity? Ha! Forget about it. You know, our elections are safe and secure. That's what we told you, so you better believe it. And if you don't believe it, just ask them. And they'll tell you again and again that our elections are safe and secure. The vaccines are safe and effective. Anything that the government wants to do is going to be safe and for the greater good. While in reality, we all know justice has become politicized. Justice is no longer blind. Which party appointed this supposed impartial judge? You know, if you were a federal agency, how hard is it to find a judge who aligns with your underlying ideology? I'm sure, my friends, that you get the point. And without impartial justice, without equal justice under the law, we are left with lawlessness. And indeed, my friends, lawlessness abounds. Just look around. Look at the crime. Look at the criminals being set free over and over and over again. Look at the criminalization of the police force. Look at the utter lack of law enforcement in every corner of our country and most especially along the southern border. It's not that we don't have laws. It's that the laws are being ignored. And here's the thing, you know, the laws are being ignored by our leaders who swear an oath to uphold the law. You know, it's just, it's maddening. It's frustrating. It's sickening. It's sad, friends. American leadership from the local to the federal level is suffering from a gross lack of integrity. If someone swears an oath to defend and protect the Constitution, which they all do, and then to represent the will of the people, which they all say they're going to do. To be a wise steward of our communal resources, you know, uh, they all claim they're going to do that, you know. And then they casually disregard the rule of law and flagrantly violate their oaths of office. And, you know, in that situation, they're not a leader. They're not trustworthy. They're not even capable of serving the public or worthy of their elected office. Instead, they are serving themselves. And all such grift should immediately be expunged from their elected positions. But, as you know, I'm sure that will never happen. Go ahead and try. Just try. I dare you. you know, try to cobble together enough people in your community to challenge an elected official. Try to advance a recall petition. Try to raise funds and run a campaign to have them ousted. I sincerely wish you the very best of luck. As an optimist, I want to believe that we can. We can still win. Uh, we, we could challenge. We could have recalls. We could do this and that. We could, we could clear house and get some honest uh, elected representatives who represent the will of the people. That could still happen optimistically. You know, optimistically, I believe that still somewhere in the system, integrity still exists. But as a pragmatist, I must acknowledge that this tiny blip of hope is entirely dwarfed by the darkness that has engulfed American politics. Resisting the urge to turn to pessimistic, friends, my mind pivots to the fact that at this unprecedented stage in American history, uh, we now have to get very clever and very creative in our efforts to resist the flat-out tyranny. It's gut check time, friends. Stay wise and look around, eyes wide open. Look around the globe. Look what's happening. We are not alone. People everywhere 
are revolting against the globalist agenda. They're revolting against the installation of sock puppet leadership, like what's happening down in Brazil right now. You know, people everywhere are resisting. People everywhere are gathering to protest the trampling of their rights, the violation of their laws, the infiltration of their institutions, and the capture of their elections. It's happening all around the globe. According to Carnegie's Endowment for International Peace, they have what they call the uh, global protest tractor. They say, and I quote, over 400 significant anti-government protests have erupted worldwide. End quote. Over 400 significant anti-government protests have erupted worldwide. How come it's not anti-corruption? How come it's not anti, uh, anti-socialist? How about, you know, anti-globalist, anti-commies are taking over the world? <laughs> no, it's the anti-government protests that have erupted worldwide. And they're tracking protests in 132 different countries all around the globe. And here's the map. I put the map there again. Again, if you're, look, if you're listening on the podcast, you're missing the goodies, you got to check it out, thetortureport.com. Looking at the map. Uh, what was fascinating to me, I clicked on the little dot. I did put the link there in the report. I clicked on the dot that's on the United States. And what's you know equal parts fascinating and disturbing to me is that the little dot about the anti-government protests in the United States supposedly represents American protests due to the overturning of Roe v. Wade, which is a load of crap, as you well know. But there are two things that come to mind when I read that. I was like, wait, first of all, you know, given all of the political strife in America, it seems very peculiar to me that there has not been more civil unrest from all those allegedly violent far right wing extremists, you know, who are supposedly a threat to democracy. No, no, the protests in America are because Roe v. Wade got overturned and it went back to the states. And I man, man, man. Anyway, the second thing that came to mind is that this idea that uh, you know the only protest stemming from women's rights—it's it's laughable propaganda, but it connects directly to a much more sinister plot. This map, I believe, is globalist propaganda. That's why I first saw it. I first read that. This is globalist propaganda. And so I went around looking for another tracker to compare and contrast. And the most prominent organization that kept cropping up, cropping up. It seems like this is the the great uh, the great NGO, you know, the worldwide NGO that's really looking out for everybody's you know well being and the greater good. This is called the Council of Foreign Relations, and you can go to the cfr.org website. Put the link in there for you, and they boast their own map uh, in their Preventative Priorities Report, which is notably funded by none other than the Carnegie Endowment. A little bit of circular reference there, hmm? you know, but this preventative priorities report, they have this little map in there and it talks about the top conflicts to watch in 2023. And what, you know, really stood out to caught my eye on that one is they have the tier three low priority, tier two medium priority, and then they have like the dark orange red dot, tier one high priority, watch this conflict's gonna break out any moment in 2023. And, Interestingly enough, they list the U.S. as a tier one high priority, and I wanted to know why. Why? Why are they calling us the uh, tier one high priority for conflict to break out? And the reason why, in their words, is because we face a threat of highly disruptive cyber attacks targeting U.S. critical infrastructure by a state or non-state entity. That's what they claim, and they claim that this is likely to lead the conflict. And I find this very, very interesting because we all know it's possible. 
you think about the uh, the attacks on the power stations and, and and who's doing that and why. Okay, but this is even bigger. This is a cyber attack by state or non-state entities. It could be a bunch of terrorists. It could be a bunch of commies. It could, who knows? Who, it's going to be Russian cyber attack, I'm sure. But they they're targeting critical U.S. infrastructure, and that could cause things to go down quick style. As a matter of fact, I saw a an article here recently that was talking about. Uh, they're pointing out how, you know, just taking out one bridge in New York could shut down supply to the city. You know, taking out one major central uh, power hub in one of the major metro areas would, would ca- you know, cast everything into utter chaos very rapidly. And it would take a long time to come back online. So anyway, that's out there. We are vulnerable and we know that. And they're saying that this is a tier one high priority. It's likely to lead to conflict in 2023. What a fascinating prediction. Uh, a few other points I want to make about the Council of Foreign Relations before kind of, you know, bringing this together as a, a, a to the main point here, you know, is is that if you dig into the funding of the Council of Foreign Relations, you're going to quickly find that the David Rockefeller studies, you know, they're, they're David Rockefeller endowment grants, all this kind of, they're, they're very deeply entwined. David Rockefeller, which happens to be the same David Rockefeller of the secret cabal that has openly admitted to conspiring to institute a new world order. We were just talking about that. Yeah! talking about it. I mean, it was what? Last uh, last Friday, Thursday, 274, uh, Torch Report 274, we talk about, you know, he's saying in his memoirs, hey, yeah, we're part of a secret cabal. We're trying to institute a new world order, and I'm proud of the fact. So that, David Rockefeller, deeply in bed with the Council of Foreign Relations. Also, the Council of Foreign Relations is directed directly linked to the Council of Councils. It's the Council of Councils. Who could be more exalted than the Council of Councils? The Council of Councils produces the Global Governance Working Papers. Hmm, the Global Governance Working Papers? What's that? Well, among other things, they have papers out there like reevaluating global trade governance structures to address climate change. And when I saw that, I thought, look, there's just another example of the environmental agenda driving global policy. But ultimately, these councils, the Council on Foreign Relations, the Council of Councils, they provide a perfect case study for anybody who's trying to understand how horizon scanning and the Delphi method work and how they use it to build consensus. And the consensus is then used to direct national policies under the carefully crafted guidance of global experts. That's how it works. That's how they're doing it. That's how they're governing at the local level what they want to happen from the global level, from the top down. Uh, it's also worth noting here that the these uh, these conniving shysters were hard at work planning out the global health governance, global health governance back in 2018, in cahoots with none other than the United Nations, the WHO, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, and their socialist commie hack friends. So never mind the fact uh, that the right here in the good old USA of A, the chairman for the U.S. Senate Committee on Foreign Relations, which are BFFs with the Council of Foreign Relations. Uh, that, by the way, that chairman, none other than the uh, dishonorable and corrupt Senator Bob Mendez, that U.S. Committee on Foreign Relations is actively channeling millions upon millions of taxpayer dollars to support this ongoing installation of global governance, all under the guise of combating worldwide racism, Islamophobia, and xenophobia. You know, that's that. I mean, that's for the greater good. Friends, the point is this. This agenda, this agenda driving, you know, worldwide racism, worldwide Islamophobia, xenophobia, it's stoking division. And it's stoking division intentionally. 
because they, the global cabal, have to destroy all existing, all aspects of existing society in order to build the new world order. And by now, you know that that is not just hyperbole, friends. It's fact, and it's uh, being pl placed right out there. They call it future Earth, which we've talked about. That's where you're going to eat bugs, own nothing, and be happy. You're going to be happy slaving away in an inescapable global socialist surveillance state, all under unchecked totalitarian rule, friends. It will be a techno-dystopian hell for any freedom-loving human being. That said, friends, anyone contemplating an alternate path forward, you must carefully consider the chaos that's breaking out in Brazil right now. Pay a particular attention to how it's being reported. Oh, the election rejection glows global, you know. Bolsonaro, uh, how the hell you say that guy's name? He's holed up in Florida. He's a MAGA exile, you know. Uh, how social media helped drive mayhem in Brazil. Look at how they're reporting it. History has repeatedly shown that when justice fails, desperate people do desperate things. I just look at Brazil, and onlookers might ask, what other choice do they have? Friends, we must put our heads together, because by now, the wise have realized that this, too, is part of the plan. So plan accordingly. Friends, that is the message of my heart for today. Stay wise. Stay safe. Stay free. <laughs> Friends, if you're enjoying this podcast, please take the time. Find that little heart. Click that little heart. It's on the Substack app, by the way, if you're not on the website. Click the heart. Give me some love. Subscribe if you have not subscribed already. And, of course, above all else, the greatest honor of all is to share this podcast with friends, family, or somebody, with everybody you know. Get out there and embrace this magical Monday, friends, and I'll look forward to talking to you again soon.